this Father's Day weekend, we'll have the premiere of The Flash. So Adan and I are going back to memory lane to revisit the movie that actually set a standard, what we can call modern-day comic book movies. This on Rotten Tomatoes is scored at 74% by the critics and 84% by the audience. We're here looking at 1989's Batman. Welcome back to A Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review at least once a week. Spoilers! So again, this Father's Day weekend, The Flash comes out. So I wanted to go over Batman since Michael Keaton is reprising his role after, since Batman Returns. I mean, if, if you count what, Batman Returns came out like what? 92, three years after, 92. So you're looking at 30 years, 31 years to be exact. Since it came out in 92 and it's going to be 20, it's 2023. So there you go. I've always liked this movie. I also had problems with this. I rewatched it yesterday, even though I had trouble staying awake due to uh, travel fatigue as I went out to New Orleans to celebrate my birthday and we got home really late and I had to get up really early to work and blah, 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 blah. Were you able to rewatch it? Yeah. Let's go over real quick. So Michael Keaton is Bruce Wayne, Batman. Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Keen Basinger is Vicky Vale. Then you also have Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Is directed by Tim Burton. Is written by, well, it's created by Bob Kane, but not just Bob Kane. You know, there's another creator to it, right? Bill Finger. Here, yes, there's a documentary out there, for those who don't know, that Bill Finger was the, the silent co-creator or forced silent co-creator of Batman. Bob Kane took the credit and or miss i guess they took made an agreement i don't know exactly i can't remember the details of the documentary but the thing is bill finger is the co-creator his family fought for the rights to him to get credited on batman projects and we see that on the first of batman versus superman yeah he gets credited and now he gets credited now forever whatever um older films they get updated no older films when they get updated they should have that updated I'm not sure enough all of them do it. Right, updated credit. But anyway, the screenplay is done by Sam Hamm and Warren Scarron. Again, it came out in 1989. So there's books out now that go with the comic books. You know, they refer to that as the likeness of Michael Keaton and all that stuff. And this film and the second one, Batman Returns, the sequel, has inspired many other projects to come not just batman not just like uh, batman the animated series which was pretty much inspired almost to the t from the movie danny elfman is the original music for it and in the batman the animated series you have that similar music you have almost that same style even though the batman the animated series has a little more dated stuff in the sense of cars and things of that nature but you have the dark do you remember the old television series the flash drawing john wesley ship yeah, that was one of my favorites. Yeah, mine too. It had that grimy and and obviously inspired by the Batman movies or the Tim Burton movies, to be exact. I really liked it, even though there were some problems with that. Mark Hamill was also in that. He played the trickster. Yep. Obviously, we should know by now, but he's the Joker's. Uh, he's the voice of the Joker in the Batman animated series and video games and what have you. And you have other inspirations. Well, the voice of Batman. Even though in these series, especially Batman and Batman Returns, not much is said, but his voice is a little 
different. And then you have Christian Bale who took it up a notch. Watching it again, I had some issues, but I had some issues prior to that too with it. I find Batman Returns a better film than this one. I find that, yeah, I find the sequel better than this one. This one felt safe. Uh, this one, well, this one felt uh, like a safer project from Tim And then Tim Burton was given freedom for his Batman Returns. So then you see his world a little more or reimagined Gotham City style. Well, I feel like, uh, like I don't know much about Tim Burton's work prior. So I feel like this was a sick film. And like, like you're right. Because when Tim Burton gets like the reins to control, you really do see more out. He did Beetlejuice. He did Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He did uh, Frank and Winnie, that short school project. He did a short film stop motion project called uh, Vincent after his hero, Vincent Price. Um, Yes, these are all before Batman. His big thing that really got him there was Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which was not a crazy outlandish mind or displaying um, to Burns' mind. It was more featuring of Pee-wee, but you have some of that touch there. But then you have Beetlejuice, where you really saw his creativity. That's where he met Michael Keaton, right? Yes. And But it wasn't here he wanted Michael Keaton for the role. He saw a movie that Michael Keaton did called Clean and Sober, where Michael Keaton was a serious role. It wasn't a comedy. And he saw his acting chops here because he played a serious role. It's like one of the first few serious roles Michael Keaton played before the breakout role of Batman. You know, everyone was worried about Mr. Mom being Batman. They couldn't see it. They couldn't take it. But this is like also breaking stereotype where people think that the casting is wrong, but it's perfect. That's true. You have it with Hugh Jackman that, you know, they didn't like how he was. Daniel Craig with James Bond. He killed it even though people are like, no, he's a blonde, blah, 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 all that stuff. Or even RDJ, Robert Downey Jr. People are like, no, he would be terrible as Iron Man. And I was like one of the few was like, yes. He's going to crush it. And what did he do? He crushed it. Now, before I go into my nitpicks and what I didn't like, there are some things I did like. I don't want to go into too much detail because, again, this has been around for a long time. Even though this is our DC-ness review of Batman, this could also be considered a throwback review. So it could be both in one. What was your fondest scene? Probably, and this is going through a lot of nostalgia points, but probably the, the art museums going like from where you know, like the joker shows up kills everybody vicky bale's there and like uh he's trying to win her over um and then batman breaks in and then he's like where does he get those wonderful toys and then, like that whole sequence to me just kind of iconic is an iconic moment in the, in the movie that was a good scene even though that part the editing is cut off a little bit of the where does he get those wonderful toys? It's cut off a little bit. Like they they they, they cut it there on the on the commercials. You hear him say the full sentence in the on the film. For some reason, they it's like they're cutting where it's like already does he get those wonderful toys? For some I don't know why it, it does that. Yeah, you're right. I remember back in the day they never cut it. I don't know if it's because of like, did you watch it on DVD or on HBO? Regardless, everywhere I hear it, besides the commercial, is that is cut off. On the commercial, you hear is it? Where does he get those wonderful toys? And he's like, just don't stand there, ask him. And then that's where they go for the car chase. Is there another scene that you liked? The ending scenes where he's going up the clock tower and he's having the confrontation with 
I kind of like Michael Keaton when he meets the Joker face to face for the like first time, not as Batman. And is is this random? And Vicky Vale's, but that's not the first time. Wait, no, the first time is when J- Joker kills a mobster in the streets. That's true. You're right. But it's the first time they conversate in Vicky Vale's home. Yes, and then he and uh, and he goes, "You want to get nuts?" And he reprises like it. He says that. Right. He does sound like Peter Juice there. Right. When I caught that too. But, you know, he reprises that line in the Flash movie. You see it in the preview. And I try to I try not to watch the previews, of course, but they show it there. For me, it has nothing to do with the action. It's nothing big. It's nothing outlandish. It's three lines. It's when Vicky Vale shows up in the back cave. She's trying to, like, find love and, and figure out how she matters to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I would like to talk about this. Paraphrasing, of course. Oh, I would like to talk about this. But he's out there right now. And I have to go to work. His voice changes into Batman. You see, like you hear it there, like his mannerism shifts a little bit. His demeanor all shifts into his main persona, which is Batman now. We've seen it before as Bruce Wayne, especially in, in the in the um, the fundraiser. He's like all over the place. He is not really. He's a little clumsy. He doesn't know what to do. He's a little uh, dumbfounded. And then we see him a little later getting a little more. I guess break out of his shell because Bruce Wayne is the shell. Yeah. Is we see that a little bit when he goes to visit his parents' death site. He, we see it when he sees the Joker. I would dare say even when like they he first had this date with Vicky Vale trying to have dinner at that big table and she's like, do you, do you even eat here? He's like, and this is like the first time I've even been in this room. Uh, right. And, they, and then they, he decides to make it more personal and he has dinner with Alfred, which I love Alfred. That Alfred is one. And, you know, they are in the kitchen where like pretty much where he spent most of his time, most likely yeah. is in the kitchen. Action scenes are pretty good. Uh, There's another one and it's pretty much lines that are saying where, um, the Joker's right-hand man, and they they meet Batman right when he uh, rescued Vicky Vale, right? They get out of the, they go into the alley. Vicky Vale is somewhere taking photos. And he gets shot, and the guy says, "Like check his wallet." I don't know why. I just like that meaning his ID to figure out who he is, who's who's the guy behind him. For that, for some reason, I like that line. Yeah. There are some, I wouldn't say Easter eggs here in the sense of like, we see similar Easter eggs in the Nolan film, The Dark Knight, where Batman is racing towards the Joker. And then here, like this, similar, with his bat jet, he's flying towards the Joker and the Joker's like, come on, let's go, let's go, come on. Like he's encouraging him to shoot him. Yeah, yeah. And same thing here. Where well, same thing there in the Nolan film that he's in, Joker's encouraging Batman to come after him, yeah. and both Batmans miss. They miss the Joker completely, almost like a game of chicken. And in those instances, the Joker's win each time. Is there a weak moment for you? You for me? I think yeah. You know, granted, I understand. I give it a lot, a lot of leeway for like the age of the film and nostalgia. But if I'm being critical, yeah. Case in point, like the one guy, that same alleyway scene that you're talking about with me, where mm-hmm. he's taking the photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, he's, and they get distracted. He gets up, 
you see him, he doesn't kick up. He's like, just rolls up. Like, because he can't move. And that's another fault of the, the suit. This random dude comes out of nowhere, jumps over the wall, and does a lot of hollering. Pulls out two swords, flares them around, does a little, a lot of flares, and then you just see Batman, like, huh, take that one little stance like this, and then he's just like, boom, 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 kick, boom, boom, kick, and literally just like that. But that's a better display of his skill compared to the church scene. Because he's getting his ass beat by the goon. Beat, no defense, just getting hit, hands are down. All this, I was like, wait a minute, Batman's supposed to be a kick-ass martial artist. And he's getting handled easy by this dude. That shouldn't be the case. I mean, I understand. It would probably have been better if it was several guys fighting him. But yeah. that wasn't the case. It was just one-on-one. And there should have been like easy-peasy for Batman to defeat that guy. And also, when they talk about that alley scene, it was very also um, Indiana Jones. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of zoomed in faces and you just see a fist hit a face. Right. But what I'm saying, like the, the guy flaring the swords and all that stuff and all this um, spinning around and kicking and the guy goes into a, do a flying kick and Batman just puts his hand out and shoots out like a little mini battle ram, hit the guy in the groin. Yeah. Which is good in a way in this showing display of like, Less is more. Because the other guy was doing all these moves and got handled real quick. I do like the scene back to the the tower, the finale, how, like, for some reason, like, it's just simple. Again, Batman has his hands down. He's not doing any defense, but he's avoiding that guy that at the moment has, like, weighted rope. It was like an end of the rope. And he's swinging at Batman, and Batman rolls under it. I love the roll because he just rolls to his feet. Without using yeah. his hand. I just, I don't know, just sweet, that subtle movement. But yeah, it's like almost everything that he does, he gets taken down quite easily. He's in point. He's charging at Joker by the bat jet, and he's shooting at him. Of course, he misses him, all right? We see that. But then the Joker takes out a long barrel pistol from his trousers, but he shoots him one time, disembodies the plane. Like, it just crashes. I was like, but that's pretty good that he's able to take down a plane with one shot in the dark, mind you, because it is nighttime. And shooting something in the dark that's already black. So I was like, correct. But my biggest gripe is no one knows who Bruce Wayne is. He's very Superman. Yeah, that was I admit, that's kind of weird. Like, even the reporters that were there, like when Vicky Vale's like, tell me the importance of this out. Everybody like who lived in Gotham knows the importance of that alleyway because of Bruce Wayne, and everybody knows. Correct. But the thing is, is like the main reporter, you know, Alex Knox, he is like, wait a minute, you are a star, star reporter, you have no idea who Bruce Wayne is. He's a millionaire living within your city. His family is notorious, you know, rich. He's a recluse. Like he's just like. Days out but, home all the time. But at the same token, how is that possible if he's having a fundraiser? And that was the other thing I was thinking about the fundraiser. I'm like, aren't they doing like illegal bet, like gambling, <laughs> black gambling tables, or no? I think it's just everything goes to charity. You know, whatever oh. the, the loss, whatever you know, things like that nature. But yes, you're right. You're correct. But may, or maybe the, the Wayne estate is on Indian ground. That they can do it. So they I'm not. Right. But yeah, I was like, no one knows who he is. 
everyone else knows who he is. The commissioner, the mayor, everyone who is there, you know, the, the, the district attorney. Obviously, they know who he is because he got the invitation, you know, they got the invitations. But the thing is, like, how do already, yeah, but like, how do the reporter doesn't know? Or Vicky Vale, who takes all these, like, dangerous pictures, like, you don't know anyone. Like, I mean, I understand if you may not know what happened to him, how he became an orphan. But again, it's something easy to find with some research. Now, granted, it's not like today where we can find easy stuff on the phone. But if you're, now, let's not say that Alexander, Alexander Knox was born and raised in Gotham. Maybe not. But at the same token, if you can find information of an imaginary bat taking down criminals, you should be able to know who Bruce Wayne is. That will be a question that, like, I feel like, what's that giant house on the hill? Oh, that belongs to Bruce Wayne. That, that's the kind of a situation you kind of exactly. have to expect. Um, and, it, and <laughs> like, when uh, they were getting the pictures of Vicky Vale, like the Bob, Joker's uh, henchman, She's dating some guy named Wayne. No, exactly. It's like, right, exactly. It's like Jack should know, especially since he killed the Wayne family, mother and father. Yeah, he almost killed Bruce. Right, but I'm saying it's like, and this also that's like, um, no one knew before then. No one knew who the Joker was until this movie came out, and it wasn't even true that it was Jack Napier. Yes, it was like someone. Uh, it was a different character altogether. Well, no, it was just, it was, no one knew, like, Bob Kane and Bill Finger, they didn't, they didn't give an identity to the Joker, it was just, this is who he is, but Tim Burton and the crew is like, let's give him identity, and then have the tie in there, have the relationship. Also, like I said before, where uh, we, on our other review, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. I think that's the one where we talked about where, a little reminiscent of how Batman and Joker communicate or, or argue like you made me oh you made me first that scene also in the cathedral on the top joker calls his goons to pick him up yeah right by helicopter so how are the other goons there's like three goons that were there before the helicopter arrives how is that possible because it seemed like it was improvised it wasn't set up because he says be there in five he looks up at the tower and says okay make that 10 those three goons shouldn't be there because they weren't there with him as he went up the steps and better cardio. Maybe, maybe, but it was just something that's like, that doesn't make sense. But also, again, back to their how they met. So they're in Bruce Wayne's home. They're looking around. They're trying to follow the commissioner, which I, I don't know how they got lost and misplaced the commissioner because he wasn't hard to miss. And they go into the, the room of armor or the armory or the room of weapons, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And Bruce shows up. And again, it's like, and who, and you are? Bruce Wayne. I'm like, I mean, if they just did it in a way like, oh, I know who you are. Welcome. I was like, oh, thank you for inviting us to the fundraiser, Mr. Wayne. Just like that. This whole thing of not knowing who he is or what he looks like is bad. But again, I guess they're playing it safe. I guess it's more for us, the audience. We are the reporter's eyes or the reporters and Vicky Vale. Um, those two are us. Yeah, that that gets done in a lot of movies. Like, so Vicky you know, is like us representative. Yeah, prior to this, I didn't know who Vicky Vale was, even though she has been in the comics long time. Sure. Like, like long time. And now she's reprised, brought back since of the 89 film. I mean, personally, I don't think she was needed. And, and that's the thing. Like, a lot of Batman movies since then has always had love interest. Right. And, and you're right. It's technically not needed. But I think they do it just to 
You realize Batman or Bruce Wayne? I mean, I understand with the Nolan ones, but at the same token, again, it was, I mean, Rachel Dawes. The, the, uh, run, no, but no, but that, that they did it with the Catwoman, which that makes sense. Also in the uh, Nolan trilogy and also Batman Returns. I understand that where that tension of bad person, good person, good versus evil, what have you, there's an attraction there. We had that in regular relationships where someone who is not good for us, but we're still attracted to them. That I can understand. But having Vicky Vale as a love interest, I mean, if he took her out for the most part, in the sense of just her doing research, not falling for him, especially if he cut out that scene in the, in the back cave, it would have been fine. It's just a reporter who got kidnapped that Batman just has to save and take down the Joker. You would definitely get more of a interest of, I would definitely say, like, if, if Vicky Vale was in there, but for those parts that we were just talking about, we still would probably have a very good film, and you're just focusing on the villain and the hero dynamic. Correct. You don't always have to have a love interest. And there's been some movies like that where it works well without having a love interest. Yeah, it works perfectly well. Yeah. Oh, here's another one. A gripe I have is when Batman takes down the Joker while using the grappling gun. Yeah. And he traps the ankle and the gargoyle. How the gargoyle is wrapped is by the bottom, I believe. It's by the bottom of the its base where it breaks off. Mm-hmm. If that happened in real life, the gargoyle would just slip out of the rope. And the Joker has been freed. It wasn't attached down to the building or anything like that. Right, but when it breaks off, it's like broken off at the smallest point. True. Yeah. And so and so if if the gargoyle turns, all it's gonna do is slip right out. Yeah. Let's go in back into the scores of Rotten Tomato. Now, again, this is over 30 years old. The critics on Rotten Tomatoes has given us 74. The audience has given it 84. Yes, I can understand the 84% because it, in the most part, it is awesome. It is great. Brought a new standard. Prior to that was Christopher Reeve's Superman or Richard Donner's Superman starring Christopher Reeve. To me, that's will always be my Superman as Michael Keane would always be my Batman. But I have to be with the critics here with the 74% because of how there are a lot of potholes. There, there are a lot of things that don't make sense, especially with reporters not knowing who Bruce Wayne is. Even though Jack Nicholson is a great actor, I felt he was missing some moments as the Joker. Sometimes it felt or sometimes it felt right. Yeah. Yes. It just it didn't yeah. feel like it meshed. Right. Like when shoots down his boss and he's sitting at the desk. That's the eerie part because you see him like he's still Jack Napier, but then you see the Joker coming out again. Yeah. I'm with the critics here, but there's a lot of and it is fun, it is entertaining, but you have a lot of mistakes here. Again, example, you have a big purple mark on Jack Martin Joker's neck while he's about to kill his boss. I mean, they couldn't cut that out. They couldn't fix it. I also have another gripe is, I know I have a lot of gripes apparently, uh, on, a fil- on a film I like, when the belt falls down and crashes and then it lands in the entryway. Only Commissioner Gordon goes up, tries to move it, and he gives up after two seconds. And he has his officers right there to, who are younger and stronger. Does he ask them to help him move it? No. He goes, eh, eh. okay, let's go, guys. And that was it. And that was it. He was like, 
All right. I'll be honest. If I saw a giant bell fall down like that, I'm going to be like, no, true. But I'm saying like he would, you would think that he would have asked, you know, his officers to help him move it who are a lot younger because he's like in his 60s or 70s. Yeah. Trying to move a heavy ass copper bell. But what about you? I mean, I know I talked a whole lot on this. What about you? What was your right? Do you have any gripes about this? Uh, no, you pretty much pointed all the, the ones I would have had. And I mentioned about the fighting today. So that's very much covered. True. Okay. What about you? Where do you see yourself in, uh, where do you see yourself in the, in the, in the scoring on Rotten Tomatoes? More towards the, the fans. So, but I'll, I'll be a little more strict. I'll put it like a two. It's a solid B. It's a solid. I mean, it's not that uh, far from them. They had 84. That's why I said I lean more towards them. Just but why not 74? Well, for me, like, overall experience is still a great experience. You know, flaws and all. And that, you know, I take that into consideration. Like, I could have a movie that hits all those cues and still suck. If you have flaws and you still make me feel like this is what I feel like a Batman movie is, even though we know full damn well that it has the flaws, then you're, you, there's something in that formula that deserves it in, in that area. Uh, it's still a fun time. Uh, I still, in like the soundtrack, as wonky as the soundtrack is, it's fun. And like it's it's a good fun, uh, soundtrack. It's just weird at times too, because like they have like Prince singing and Bat Dance, which was like the most outlandish song. Because when you think about it, like he's like, I just gonna make this song. Well, Bat Dance is not really in the soundtrack. There's other songs are. Yeah, no, I remember it from the soundtrack. There was Party Man. That was in right. That was that right, and that's Party Man is in the the museum scene. Yeah, and you have also. Um, scandalous there's more of the instrumental mm -hmm. and i think you hear it in the uh end credits but yeah and, 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 I, and i forgot i did forget to mention that the score here by demi elfman when i ever hear it in a sense of a commercial or any reference on a, on a dc show or movie and they just play a yeah they play a little bit of the chord i'm like excited mm -hmm. just like I, i'm excited when i hear superman music uh, just a little bit by John Williams. They just play a little bit of a rendition of it. I get excited. And again, the music of Prince in it, awesome. And surprising that he did it. That yeah. he put a whole album for that movie. Because my mind went back to the music video when I was thinking about the Batman soundtrack. That's why I kept thinking about that dance. But so like artistically, like the, the back, you mentioned it, the background settings, the, uh, the plot point of the story, like where it says, kind of 1960s, 80s, kind of background, almost noir, you know, mm -hmm. city. You got a great sound score, great music. It's a simple movie. It's not overly complicated. No, it's not. You're right about that. You're right. But it's just like certain things. Like you just, again, if you took her out, and you put the point where everyone knows who Bruce Wayne is, it would be great. And again, and I don't disagree with any of that. I'm just saying, and, for me, right. it's still a really iconic film, despite the flaw. You also have an, another iconic moment, and we've discussed it before, where mistakes are forever remembered or captured. Who are? And it's the. Which should have been. Um, vengeance. Yeah. yeah but. Michael Keaton couldn't remember and said that. And again, 
sometimes mistakes are the best thing to come out because that's what he says now, you know, and that's what we know him for when I'm playing around with Kim or something like that, joking around, and I'll say, or when she asks me, who are you? Or what's wrong with you? So it's just, like, I'll just hit that line. I'm excited to see him reprise his role again in the upcoming Flash movie. I wonder how it's going to be. I mean, even on the commercial, when they, when they show him and they play that music, I got so excited. That's the reason why, or one of the reasons why I want to see The Flash is because of him. Not because of Ben Affleck, not because of Ezra Miller, and maybe I'm excited for Supergirl and Zod. Yeah. Oh, um, one other thing. So, here goes Star Wars again. In Star Wars, you have yeah. the characters that stand out that are, are, are key factors or things you remember. But there's also non-organic characters that are also important. In Star Wars, you had the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. You had the X-Wings. Yeah. You also had the TIE Fighters. Here, we have the Batmobile and the Batjet. Yeah. More so, those are most iconic ones. Mostly the Batmobile. It's beautiful, it's exotic, and it's freaking deadly. And oh, Batman kills. He took down that building. He threw down guy he threw guys down the shaft in the in the church. So when people say or got mad at uh, at Batfleck for killing in the Zack Snyder films, they totally forget what happened in the eighty nine film. And also in Batman Returns, because he killed people that one too. Yeah, Blaine. Right. But he always killed in the in the movies, in the black and white serials back in back in the day. He destroyed a huge building like similar to the one we just we did here at the acne chemicals that black and white serial he killed uh destroyed a building killing everyone in that building so batman kills and then you know the comics change and blah 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 but when people say that batman doesn't kill you're wrong outside the comics is this worth the watch worth the buy I would buy it again if they came out with a re-edited version say definitely without Vicky Vale or cutting down Vicky Vale a lot. I mean, I can understand her not knowing who Bruce Wayne is. I can un kind of understand that by the same token. No, especially if you got two invitations for his fundraiser. They know what Bruce Wayne does look like then, huh? How can you not know them? If they redid makeup mistakes or the continuity, because there's some continuity issues in the museum scene. Some paintings are damaged, then the cuts, the, the same damaged painting is not damaged. True. And cut back. So it's like, if they just kept that and made it more uniform, I would definitely buy it on 4K. No, I'm not going to pay 4K for this that's, that's still damaged. Like, okay, know how George Lucas re-edited his films really for no reason, just because it was his ego? Here you feel like they're winning. This is a perfect reason to re-edit and re to re-release it. All right, guys, that is our DCNS review of... 1989's Batman. Please let us know what you thought about it. What is your favorite moment? What is your favorite scene? Leave a comment below. If you have a movie or show you'd like us to review, email us at talesofthebros at gmail.com or leave a comment below. Until next time, we'll be there next time. I'm Angel. Don. Love you, bro. Love you too. Batman.